0: So uh, a young a young boy went with his parents on a tour of Europe and as they were out they went and they went around all of these ancient cathedrals or ancient churches and as they went from one to the next to the next this young boy was incredibly impressed by the stained glass windows of all of the saints and disciples that he saw in these cathedrals and after he came home, he was asked by his teacher what did he <clears throat> remember or like most about his vacation. And uh, he thought about it for a moment, and then he remembered all of these great churches and their stained-glass windows. And, and he said, I love the stained-glass windows with their images of the saints. And the teacher followed up and said, well, what is it? What is it that defines a saint, or what is a saint? And the, the little, little guy said, a saint is a person in whom the light shines through. Spoken like a child, right? Spoken like a child. We have come now in Mark chapter four. We're going to read verses twenty-one through twenty-five to a very famous passage of Scripture. It's the parable of the lamp. It is the the passage in which the very famous song, children rhyme song for Sunday school, "This Little Light of Mine," was was written after. Um, but I, as we come into this, I want to remember the context of where we've been and. As we've gone along, the popularity, Jesus is about halfway through his earthly ministry at this point in time, year and a half-ish or so. And the popularity of Jesus has become so great that literally thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, are flocking to him from all over, from as many as hundreds of miles away. They're coming by camel, by foot, by donkey. They're, They're coming to see Jesus. And every single one of these people has a motivation to, to come and see Jesus. Some want a touch, or they want a healing. They're, they're ill, they're chronically ill. They want a healing for themselves, or for, for someone in their family. Or some of them are possessed by evil spirits, and they want an exorcism. They want Jesus to cast out this evil spirit. Some of them simply want to be entertained, and so they're coming because... They didn't have much entertainment, I guess, back then. So they were coming to be entertained. Some of them were coming because they wanted a Savior who would rescue them from the oppression of their evil government. Uh, And then some of them were were coming just out of mere curiosity. They they had heard about this man, Jesus, and, and maybe they were coming because they were curious. And maybe they had a tug on their heart, and they didn't know what that tugging was. Regardless of whatever their motivation was, Jesus was beginning at this point to reveal to Them, the kingdom of God. He was going to certainly do all of these other things in many cases, but he revealed that his real purpose was to to preach the good news and to reveal God's kingdom on earth here. So, in verses 1 through 20, what we covered last, last two weeks he was talking to masses of people the, the the tens of thousands of people he was from a boat because they were crushing around him so they, last week we showed the picture of what it would have been like in the area that he was at in a boat off of the shore on this kind of natural amphitheater and he was sharing to tens of thousands of people and he was talking to them about the good news of the kingdom And more specifically, he was talking about four kinds of soils. And three of the four of those soils were soils that had been compromised. Soils that were not allowing the good news, the message that he was bringing to penetrate into their hearts. And so he used these three different kinds of analogies for soils, but he's really talking about the human heart. He talked about a hard heart, he talked about a shallow heart, and he talked about a thorny heart. But then he ended up talking about the good soil. The soft soil, the nurtured soil in a person's heart. That's a humble heart that needs that kind of soil to receive those things. And again, he was last week talking to the masses, but today, as we look to our passage, what we see is that he turns his attention and he's talking to a smaller number, he's talking to them. He's talking to a small group, that them, his, his apostles and his followers, his disciples, the people, they didn't have the word Christian yet in their language. That didn't come until like Acts chapter 11. But, but it would be what we would call today Christian people, people that were devoting themselves, selling themselves out to the cause of Christ and to God's kingdom here on earth. And so that's where we pick up today. He switched from the masses and now he's talking to the individual or a smaller group of people. And this is our passage here. Um, Mark 4, 21 through 23, he said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand, for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider this carefully. Consider the things that you hear carefully, he continued. With the measure that you use it, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they do have, they will be, taken from, will be taken from them. The picture that Jesus is trying to get across here in the people's mind is also seen in a prophecy in the Old Testament in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 9, or chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness, they've seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light now shone. The very strong and unavoidable implication that Jesus is making here is that he is the light of the world. In John 8, that Elias did such a great job reading, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. Now with this is our understanding. We've got the context. We, we've got our passage. With this, is our understanding. Let's look at just a couple things here that I want us to focus on this morning that come out of our text, um, starting in verse 21. And, and the message today is, is pretty straightforward and pretty simple um, in, in concept, but living it out is certainly, as all of us know, is not quite so simple. And number one is, we were made to shine. We were made to shine. He brings up the obvious illustration the light, the candle, you don't put a light or a candle under a basket or a bowl or a bed. You don't bring out a light and then put it in concealment. No, instead, you, you bring out a light, you put it on a stand so that it illuminates everything around you. That's the whole point. In, in Matthew chapter 5, the parallel, per, parallel verses, it says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all of those in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify God your Father who is in heaven. So this is the obvious part of the message here that Jesus is presenting. uh, And it's recorded so clearly in Matthew. Now there's two two ways scripture teaches, two basic ways. If we were just to kind of boil down this idea of shining the light, there's two ways that this happens. Two ways that it takes place in, in every believer's heart. Or let's just put it this way. If it's not the light, maybe it's the darkness. There's two ways that the darkness is is shown. There's two ways that the light is shown. In our context, we're talking about the light. The first one is verbally. Verbally. So Mark 16, 5, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel with all creation. So there's an aspect verbally that goes out when we talk about sharing the good news of Christ. Sometimes it's just it's just... Straight up, hardcore, this is the truth laid out. It's just spoken from from your heart to, to someone else's. It's scattering seed, just like it's verbal. It's required to do that. In, in every one of our lives, there's times where we have to verbalize this. And then secondly, and as importantly, is visibly. Philippians 2, 14 through 15, it says, Prove yourself blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked, and perverse generation i think we feel like we are living in that right now prove yourself above reproach in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation among whom you and i as we we appear as lights in this world so these two things go hand in hand uh, visibly and verbally it, it, it's 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 pointless to just live out visibly your faith if your words don't match up and vice versa. And I think all of us have been in situations where we can probably find good examples. I have someone in my life right now that I'm sharing Christ with and um, this person is quite a few years older than me and they will not listen to the gospel message. Their heart is, is hard, it's fallen on that path. And the reason why was because of an experience of humiliation when they were in church as a young boy. And that hasn't, that hasn't changed. So only God can soften that soil of that person's heart. But we, we have to have both of these things present. Now, when we, we go into this world and when we scatter seed, like we talked about in the parable of the sower, we need to understand something. And we see it a little bit here in, in verse 22. It says this, um, and this is number two, the light reveals darkness. The light reveals darkness. For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed or shared. And whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Now, Jesus is the light of the world. Yes, we all know this. He's the light of the world. Um, When the light is shown, shined out, it reveals darkness. And here's the deal in this analogy. What is dark is not good. It's not admirable. It's not lovely. It's not something that anyone would aspire to. And yet a lot of people are stuck in um, we have at our house right now, I hope this isn't too vulnerable. It shouldn't be. We're in Yakult, right? So um, a rat problem in our barn. Oh, yeah. And and there's a lot of different ways. I could go into the many different ways that, that I know this is the case. Um, one of but, but the primary way is when I flip on the light at night, the kids flip on the light at night. All these little rascals go zipping around the floor of the barn and run through your feet and between your legs. And, and it's a real problem. Thankfully, due to the 12-gauge, which is a little bit overkill, um, but <laughs> it makes me feel better. Uh, the, the problem is diminishing, and we're, we're, getting, we're getting the upper hand, at least at this point in time. Uh, but those little, those little buggers are, are frustrating. And I'll tell you what, they absolutely hate the light. They hate the light. They go scurrying. Um, I can think of another time where I, because I'm a boy and I was driving my truck in the hills and I crunched it. I wanted to fix it up and so I got a new fender. I put this fender on and uh, bondoed some of the door that I got as well and and put this bondo on and shaved it down and sanded it for a couple days. Uh, It was in my shop. I had painted it and I remember finishing up late one night and standing back thinking, man, this is pretty good. You know, that's good. I just saved myself a lot of money and it looks as good as new. Um, flipped up the lights, went to bed. That uh, next morning I went to go get in to go to work and I pulled out into the sun. And I realized uh, the light in the sun versus the dim light in my shop are two totally different things. And what I thought was okay in the dim light really was was not so good when when the sunlight had shined on it. And And so I just... Put the truck back in the shop and never drove it again. No, that's not true. I, I, did, I did drive it again. I just sucked it up. So, um, But it should be no surprise. The point here, it should be no surprise to us. As followers of Christ, it should be no surprise to us um, that people throughout history, back into the time of Jesus, hated Jesus. Now, they may have said at a distance that he was a nice guy and a prophet, but they really hated what he had to say because they wouldn't listen to what he had to say. And it should be no surprise to you or to me as well when we go and scatter seed and, and when we, with the very best of intentions, uh, go and share the love of God to this world by visibly and verbally proclaiming who Jesus is, it should be no surprise to us that they would also hate or dislike us or look down upon us. John fifteen eighteen. If the world hated you, Jesus said, know that it hated me first. John 7, 7. The world, it hates me because I testify about its works and how they are evil. We live in a sinful place, a dark world that is not reflective of today, but it's been reflective of the last three months and the glooming darkness of of our season. There is a darkness that this world, and and the world hates the truth. It hates to be told that it is selfish. Uh, It hates to be told that it's self-serving. It hates to be told that by rejecting the love of God, it means eternal punishment. It, It hates to be told that. The world hates to hear that they are not the center of attention. I mean, I hate to hear it too, but I have the Holy Spirit to rebuke me when I think those thoughts. Um, our, our friends and our family who have not accepted Christ, our coworkers, they don't like the fact to hear that it doesn't, the whole philosophy of if it feels good, do it. They don't like to hear that that is a path to destruction. Very few People accept this message. As we saw it as we looked at the parable of the sower. There were there were seventy-five percent of the people who the seed fell upon. Those people didn't didn't last in their faith. But when God turns on the light in a person's heart, or turns on the light around us, it reveals the darkness that is present. Uh, John three, nineteen and twenty. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and doesn't come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. People don't like the light of the gospel because it means that they are yielding their life to someone else. But the great news is that someone else is God. That someone else is the Savior. 2 Corinthians 4.6 says, For God who said, let the light shine out in the darkness, he is the one that has shined the light into our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's good news. That's good news. Now, uh, let's let's go on to verses twenty three and twenty four, and, and it says this in verse twenty three: If anyone hears, has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear. He continued. If anyone has ears to hear let him hear consider carefully what you hear he continued it was neat yesterday John shared talked about uh, talked about this concept of if anyone has ears let him hear and as he was watching visibly he and Belinda watching God heal heal his life there were there were people that just weren't willing to give God the credit for that but John and Belinda wouldn't hear, wouldn't hear it. They wouldn't have it. They were going to let people know that this is God's at work, God at work. But what does this really mean? What does it mean to have ears to hear? Uh, I believe that most people, and that would include all of us in here, um, I would say that all people at one point in time, and most people even today, uh, really only hear the things that they want to hear. They really only hear the things that they want to hear, but to truly have ears to hear is learning to hear the things that you do not want to hear. That's a skill in life. That's a skill in faith that takes a lot of faith. Hearing the things that you don't want to hear. There is a study. <laughs> there is a study that has proven. You've probably all heard of the, the the term selective hearing. Well, there's a study that's proven that that's an actual real thing. And they they hooked a bunch of kids over a long period of time. Up to these brain probe thingamajiggies, and they they monitored their brain and how they were responded. They got kind of a test study, and they they observed these kids just doing their normal thing, and then they would put the mom in the corner of the room or the dad, it was, and and let's be honest, it's probably the mom most often. And the mom's like, "Could you go clean your room?" And they watched what happened in the kid's brain, and the moment her voice started to speak, they saw the the the, the slight increase in the brainwaves. But as soon as she started to talk about doing a job, their brainwaves would go way down. So it virtually would be like the thing of mom stalking and, hey, Johnny, could you... And they just just kept doing their thing. Um, But then mom would say, I'll give you a piece of candy if... And then all of a sudden their brainwaves are bing, wide open saying the same thing, but with that precursor, I'll give you some candy, and they then can hear more clearly. It was funny, also, within this study, it was determined that um, men are more gifted at selectively hearing than women are. I think that probably comes as a surprise to no one, especially in my household. Um, The same thing is true. The same thing is true when it comes to having ears that hear God's word. I've learned through one of, um, one of my mentors that when it comes to my Bible reading, when it comes to my meditation, when I come to my study and I'm looking at a passage and I'm just not getting it. I don't know if you've had that experience where you're reading something over and over again and it's just not hitting me. Um, I've, I've kind of learned to ask God to show me what is it in this passage that I don't want to hear right now. What is it here that I'm not hearing because I really don't have ears to hear? It's like saying, what is, what is the truth here at this moment? What is the truth here that I don't want to hear from the passage this morning? What is the truth that I don't want to hear? God, what's the thing I hope you're not saying to me? What's that thing? I hope you're not speaking that into my life. What is the truth that I hope isn't true to me today? Asking Asking those questions. Having ears to hear is being willing to accept the things that you do not want to hear. And all of us have people in our lives that are at this place. And maybe we're at this place too. There's things that we just don't want to hear. We just don't want to hear it. Because it would mean a lot of different things. It would mean that Christ would be on the throne of our heart. It would mean that we would have to maybe make some changes. We don't think about the fact that the changes or God's best for us, we just think about the changes that it's not my choice to do that. So he gives an encouragement, but I want to focus more on the warning with this last third point here. And it's this, as we we go on. um, Because I think this is the hard thing that I didn't want to hear uh, when I come to this passage. Um, And it's this, use it or lose it. Uh, That's a kind of a cliche that's used for a lot of different things. Brain power, for example. Um, when I used to, in business, used to have a budget, and if I didn't use it, I'd lose it, those kind of things. Well, Jesus is ultimately saying similarly the same thing here. He says, with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. There was an early church father. His name was Clement of Alexandria. And uh, regarding this passage he said it like this. He says, A well, when pumped regularly, produces water. If neglected, it changes to a source of pollution. Used metal, he said, gets brighter, but unused metal will rust. And this is how the kingdom of God works. When, when God has blessed us with a gift it's then our opportunity to exercise it, to use it on a regular basis. But when we don't use it, then it's, it's kind of like what is happening as I'm getting older. And my body is, if I'm not working out, which I'm not as much as I should, my muscles are beginning to atrophy. They're not, they're not keeping that chiseled tone that I once had as, as a younger man. That's the concept here that Jesus is talking about when when he talks about shining the light. If someone has ears to hear, let them consider carefully what they hear. Galatians 6.8 says this. It says, Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his flesh, that person will from the flesh reap corruption. But... The one who sows from the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. It's pretty simple. It's saying here, if you plant trouble in your life, uh, your, your crop is going to be death. Your crop is going to be a difficult Road ahead, but if you plant righteousness, then your harvest—your harvest is life. Your harvest is goodness, and this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, "Let the light shine through you. Don't don't let your your good deeds go unnoticed, or don't let your good life." Um, be hidden inside that let people see the work of Christ in you working itself out, both in the way that you live as well as in the way that you talk, as well as the way that you lead your families, you lead yourself at work. And and so Jesus's point here is that those who faithfully scatter the seeds of the gospel message can expect to be rewarded eternally. They can expect to be rewarded eternally. And and he says not only in accordance with not only in accordance with your level of effort, but so much more. He will give you so much more. It's not it's not even an equal payout. It's like a great investment because you get much more beyond that. So as as we scatter seeds, we can expect that the seed will be blessed and it be multiplied. But on the flip side, if we don't, if we don't scatter seed, then we are we are hurting ourselves. Our faith is becoming atrophied. Now there's whole there's whole church splits and debates over what does that mean? Does that mean a person loses their salvation? Does that does that mean that they're going to lose their joy? There's there's lots of things. I don't really care to go into all of the different theories of that today, what I do care to go into is what's clear, and that's the, that's the call, that's the encouragement, that's the exhortation that we are to scatter seed, that we are to go, we are to share the love of Christ with people, all people. And what, what's interesting about sharing the love of Christ with people is you might look at someone that you're sharing Christ with, and you just don't know, you just don't know that a mother or a grandmother or a brother or a friend has been praying for this person for 30 years. And, and they say, I can't remember the numbers, like seven or eight or nine different people sharing the gospel with a person is the average amount of people it takes before a person really hears the word of God. Now God can change all of those statistics. Statistics don't mean all that much. But the reality is our job is just to go and to sow, to scatter seed. We are to go and let the light of Christ shine through us. Um, practically in our world, uh, our, our whole purpose as a church is to reach with the gospel those that are near to us but far from Christ. That means that we let the light of Christ shine through us and we scatter seed through the things that we do. So I, I know that in our congregation, we have a lot of you that do a lot of different, you do that in a lot of different ways. You do it by visiting people, you do it by cards. Uh, some of you have seen your, your customized license plates. It could be when you go to the store and there's always Christian music playing. There's lots of different ways in which we can sow and set, scatter seeds, but that's our job, just to, just to let it sow and let God do his work. It's his work to implant that seed in someone's heart. It's our, work. it's our job just to share it. And why wouldn't we? You know, why wouldn't we? If we're, if we're to go um, four-by-in and we go around a corner and we find out that um, the bridge is just gone kaputs, um, who are we to just go and leave? We, we should park our rig in front of it and make sure that, that no one else would come around that corner and go into that ditch. Uh, that's really what sowing seed is all about. We we care because we know what the difference is for those that don't know Christ. Now, um, there's just some practical ways I want to just close out with. What are just some really practical and simple ways um, that we can we can let the light shine? This is by no means exhaustive. I think probably, and it's not really in order either, except for the first one. I would say the first one's. In order here. Um, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What does this practically look like? Here's a few ways. Pray. We have to be praying people. Um, We have to pray, one, for opportunities. And what happens when we pray for opportunities? It's not like more opportunities come. It's just like our eyes are opened to the opportunities, to love people with the gospel, to, to scatter seed, because the opportunities are always there. But because many of us, And I include myself in this category because we don't exercise that seed scattering often enough. We get kind of blind eyes to it. So pray that God will open our eyes to the opportunities. And then just pray for the soil of the heart. Um, Just pray for the soil of the heart. Secondly, be a servant. We haven't gotten to this uh, part of the, the book yet, but really the pivotal verse and the thematic verse of all of Mark is Mark 10 45, where Jesus says, I did not come, this is Jesus talking, I didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't come to be served, he came to serve. So if he did that, that must mean that there is going to be some kind of, some kind of, uh, avenue, conduit, channel, that we should probably follow that same thing. If you want to have a voice in someone's life, live a life of of service to them. Thirdly here, focus on Jesus. We live in such a politically correct world, and the idol of self-preservation and saving face is so strong and it needs to be exploded in your life and in mine that we, we seek to serve the Savior King the one who values us above everything else we know that maybe as we share the love of Christ with someone we're going to get a door slammed in our face that may be the case uh, but we have to remember that we have a Savior who died for us and just gives us the gives us the call to go and, and scatter seed to share seed keep your eyes focused upon Christ fourthly uh, listen well this is a big one this is a huge one listen well to what the other person is saying, maybe God will give you a, an insight into their life. We, we were on a on a motorcycle trip last year, about a year ago. This time, my dad, brother, brother-in-law, and a buddy. We were coming. We went did this three-day loop down to Crater Lake, and a great time. We're on our way back. We're coming up over the over the hill, and um, and I can honestly say we are we are very tame motorcycle riders. None of us are hardcore in any way, shape, or form. And we're, we're just coming back, and uh, there was this car going really slow. We came to a passing lane, and we passed. Everything legal, we weren't speeding, nothing. And we went for another 20 miles, and then we had to pull over to, to rest. We pulled over, in this, and this car pulls in behind us, and I didn't think anything of it. I got off my bike and, and uh, was getting my water out or whatever, and, and all of a sudden I see my brother talking with this gal, and she's just livid, like just crazy, yelling at him. And my, my brother's... You know, he's a, he's a real laid-back guy, but there, he, there she is. She's yelling, and so I, immediately I kind of go over to kind of see what's up and see what, my, what trouble my brother got himself into. And, and um, she was screaming about how we were these bad drivers, and we were cutting her off. And, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm honest. I'm not fluffing the story up. We are totally tame motorcycle riders. We did nothing wrong. Well, so we're sitting there, and my dad, who's a little bit um, more aggressive, uh, then, then my brother and I, you, I could see I'm like, I'm trying to keep dad away. Like, dad, just don't say anything. And then, and then uh, my buddy was there, and, and, and he, he, was just, he was just sitting there listening really intently. And, and as he was listening to her, it came out that her husband had recently died of cancer, and he was a huge motorcycle rider. And she was grieving his loss. And for whatever reason, she was angry with God and angry with the world, and us on motorcycles out having that time, she was just unloading on us. And, uh, and so, so my buddy was, you know, he probably shouldn't have said this, but he's a compassionate guy. And he goes, can, can we just pray for you? Which he's scattering seed. That was not the right thing to say. That was like gasoline on the fire. So we just, she just kept yelling. Her and her little shih tzu dog were just yelling at us. And we just got on our bikes and just, Rode home at that point in time and we're hoping that she didn't barrel through us at the the end but but see people have a story the whole point there is that there's things going on and a lot of times when you're sharing the, the seed of the gospel and you're letting light shine through you there's people that will that will look at you and and be angry that you're at peace be angry that there is a sense of joy in your life and and you know that's that's okay Um, They need to see that. That's our job, to let the light of Christ shine through us. But we can listen well. So you might have people in your your life that you've shared Christ with, visibly or verbally, and they're just not listening. Well, um, maybe we need to listen better to what they have to say. All right, moving on here. Um, Praise God, this is a a great tactic. If you have someone in your life that you have shared Christ with over and over again, and they want nothing to do with it, this is um, my, my my good friend who's quite a bit older than me. He, we, We've had late, a lot of conversations about Jesus. He wants nothing to do with Jesus. And, and I know where he knows where I stand. And I could just keep talking and saying the same thing over and over again. But I try to visibly show it. But I also, he's a big nature buff. And so whenever we're together, he talks about the beauty of this time. And, and I just... I'm like, I, yeah, I just, I mean, I know you and I disagree on this, but I just am so thankful that God has gifted us with this. And I just find ways to, to work in praise of God into, into tough situations like that. Remember that the seed that you're sharing is good seed. Just remember the message that you're sharing. There's nothing wrong with the message. You're not, you're not deceived in this message. This is a good message. This is the best message. This is the greatest message ever been told. Uh, stay focused on that. If someone rejects, the message they're not rejecting you; they're rejecting the seed because of the condition of their own heart. So prayer comes in there too. Work hard. Okay, I won't get on a soapbox with this one, but I will just say this: uh, I, I, hopefully, all can hear this. I've spent more time in the business world than I have in the ministry world, and it drives me nuts. So uh, when there's people in the business world or at work that have a profession of faith verbally, but have a terrible work ethic. They show up late. They come back from breaks late. There are loafs around the shop, or around the office. Um, You know what? If you're gonna be that way, just don't tell anybody that you love Jesus Um, because Jesus would kick you in the rump. I I know that's for sure. This is a great opportunity because, because it hurts other seed scatterers because they'll look at Jimmy over here who says he's a Christian but doesn't work very hard. Having a strong work ethic is imperative to visibly showing. And if you want to have a message in the workplace, you got to work hard. So, okay, that wasn't too bad, was it? Not too much of a soapbox. Okay, last one, and probably as important as the first one, is, is just simply to immerse yourself in the Bible. Uh, to let the, let the truth of the, the Word of God be the thing that motivates you, that drives your life. We need to be in the Word of God every day. Um, In one form or fashion, hopefully with the book open or reading through the pages or we're listening to, but we need to have the word of God active in our life because you can't share. This is just, again, a basic message of of any kind of communication. You can't communicate something um, of value if you don't see the value in it. And if you're not in, your, in, your wor- in the Word on a regular basis, there's a good chance that, that you have subconsciously uh, let your ears become um, plugged to the Spirit speaking in your life. The Word of God is living and active. And my 98-year-old my 90 grandpa who died, away, died last year still read the Bible through three or four times a year. And it was rich to him. And, and he always said, there's always something new. In this, And so we got to spend time in the Word if we're going to be effective at communicating it. Uh, so, that being said, uh, those are just some practical ways. I know there's probably a lot more. But when it comes down to it, this passage is really clear and simple. We're made to shine the light of the gospel. We're made to scatter seed. It's simple to do that. Um, but when we do it, we have to realize that darkness will be revealed in people's lives and we can't control the way that they would respond. Uh, but that shouldn't thwart our energies and our efforts in any way, shape, or form. So if we don't do this, we gotta know that our effectiveness in sharing down the road is, is gonna be thwarted. So that's the warning that we see from this passage. But the, the good side is when we share it, uh, God gives us more of his spirit, more of his strength, and blessings tenfold or 60-fold or 100-fold like we heard back yester, or last week in our passage. So so. Uh, I said last week the closing charge was have a gospel conversation with someone and I just want to challenge you this week to do the same let the light shine through you scatter some seed and uh, let let the seed fall where it may pray pray that the soil's soft but we need to do our job and scatter the seed so i 'm going to invite